Chapter 6 Revelations An electric shock woke Jack from his unconscious state. He was in a dark room, sitting in a chair in the center. Nearby, a robust man in white scrubs loomed over a desk, writing in a journal. Jack began breathing heavily. He tried getting out of the chair, but something stopped him. Leather restraints kept his arms and legs on the chair. He struggled against the restraints, but it was no use. A wave of exhaustion covered him from head to toe. The fat man in scrubs closed his journal and stuffed the pen inside his jacket. Ah, you're awake. Excellent. This part is so much more enjoyable when they're awake. Jack's eyebrows furrowed. Where am I? What do you mean, this part? The man gave a slight giggle. His laugh was unsettling. This is the medical room, and I am the doctor. The only doctor. You are my patient. What? The last thing I remember... You were trying to kill the great prince. Yes, yes, we all saw what you did. Good thing the Pride Leader was here to save him. Pride Leader? A nickname I gave him. It hasn't caught on yet. The Warlord symbol is a lion. How appropriate for the leader of this pack of wolves. Savages, all of them. I mean, look what they did to you. He waved his hand over Jack's chest, which was covered in twice as many cuts and bruises as before. A pole hadn't beaten him that badly. They must have roughed him up while he was unconscious. This man was creepy, but Jack could agree with at least one thing. These people were savages. Bruises here, cuts there. That one's still bleeding. He giggled slightly. Whoopsie, I forgot. That was mine. Jack's eyes showed open wide. Yours? What do you mean that was yours? The man took off his black gloves and hovered his hand over the bleeding cut. Sometimes I need some extra practice. Ever since the great prince stopped letting me operate on those filthy miners, it's just no fun. I'll patch you right up. Don't you worry. His words weren't comforting at all. The more this man spoke, the more Jack was creeped out, and the more worried he became about his own safety. He actually sliced into Jack just to get more practice. This man was sick. His arm flinched, and green electricity came out of his hands, spreading over Jack's torso like an octopus. His entire body convulsed, and the electricity felt like thousands of needles piercing his skin all at once. Wherever it touched him, pain followed. After a few moments, the sting wore off, and Jack noticed he had closed his eyes tightly. Upon opening them, he saw the fat doctor staring intensely at him. The look in his eyes sent a chill through every bone in Jack's body. How did you do that? The man said in a ferocious tone. Do what? I don't know what you're talking about. I feel better, so thanks, I guess. With your hands, how did you produce the spark? The man grabbed Jack's hand and inspected it, turning and twisting to see all the angles of his hand. What are you talking? 
Jack was interrupted by his own hands as they began to emit green electricity, identical to the kind the doctor was producing just a moment ago. I wondered why he would stop those beautiful convulsions, and then I was shocked by your spark. It merely tickled, but it took me by surprise. How long have you had the spark? I didn't even know that I had it, so I guess since just now. Something clicked in Jack's brain. Jack didn't have what this man called the spark before meeting the fat doctor. He had just copied the power out of instinct. It all made sense. He couldn't understand the language of anyone before meeting the omnilingual translator. Now everyone magically speaks American English. He hadn't ever used the wind pressure from his mouth before seeing a Paul do it in the pit. Yet it took him moments to recreate the power. Everything was fitting together like a puzzle. And this was the piece he had been missing all those years. How some powerless kid from the suburbs suddenly found himself able to lift a falling building by himself, or run faster than a bullet, or walk through walls, or fly into the atmosphere. Jack's eyes were now as wide as the doctor's. You're lying. It would take a huge amount of power for an unpracticed person to produce that much spark. Either you have an unholy amount of power just sitting inside of you, or you're lying. I choose to believe the latter. Either way, you've spoiled my fun. It's time for phase three. That didn't sound good. Jack's excitement settled as the doctor clapped his hands twice. A young servant boy came in carrying a large brain in the shape of a lion. The pride leader wanted to teach you a lesson, boy. Since you disrespected his son, he's making sure you always remember that you're his property. You will never be granted your freedom. And with this brand, everyone will know that you belong to the lion. The doctor and the boy grabbed Jack's shoulders, leaning him up on the seat. Jack tried to struggle, but he was too weak. Wait! Wait! The doctor didn't stop. He pressed a red-hot brand on Jack's back and held it there. Jack screamed as his skin sizzled and burned. The pain was immense, making the electric shocks from before seem like a walk in the park. Tears flowed from Jack's eyes and ran down his cheek as the man cackled loudly. He enjoyed Jack's pain. He was sick. After what seemed like an eternity, the doctor removed the iron brand from Jack's back. He giggled softly as he watched Jack keep a continuous wince, still breathing heavily. His skin kept sizzling after the brand was taken off. Sharp pain stabbed Jack's back, and the doctor used the spark to heal the wound. Moments later, the pain subsided. Jack was still shaking even though the pain was gone. His breath caught in his throat when he tried to talk. Why heal it? Why heal what, dear? The wound? Yes. You think the scar didn't stay? This brand has been dipped in the same poison that runs through your veins. The wound might heal, but your scar will not. You will forever have a reminder of who you are and who you will always be. Well, unfortunately, my fun is over. My job here is done, and you are off to the mines. 
It's been a pleasure. The overweight man began waddling out of the room. He knocked on the door twice, and four armed men burst through, giving way to the doctor. One of them flipped their gun around and slammed Jack in the side of the head. Ouch, Jack said. The men stood awkwardly for a moment, apparently waiting for Jack to be knocked out by the blow. Jack raised his eyebrows, as if to say, Um, okay? Is that all? The men took the hint and grabbed Jack's arms. They had apparently given up on trying to knock him out. They ripped him from his seat, causing his leather straps to break, and dragged him down the hall into a dimly lit cell. They tossed him against the wall like a rag doll and slammed the metal door shut. He had a splitting headache when he rose to his feet, and the pain from his back pulsed like a heartbeat. The room was completely empty except for a bucket in the corner. I wonder what that's for, he thought sarcastically. He slumped down, leaning on the wall for support. His splitting headache became worse when he sat and he closed his eyes. All sound around him faded as he felt lighter on his feet. He wasn't in the dank cell anymore. He was somewhere else, somewhere dead silent. Darkness surrounded him. He was in the void, the same void he visited so often in his dreams. Jack had been there many times, but never when he was conscious or awake. It didn't take much searching to spot the mess of double doors leaking light from the fissure. He felt the warmth of the light and began to walk toward them. Something was different now. This place didn't look like it had before. Before Jack was captured, ankle-high water covered the floor, as far as the eye could see. Now Jack trudged through knee-high sludge, as black as the darkness that surrounded him. The doors emitted less light than before. The fissure was nearly completely covered by black sludge. Even so, what little light there was filled the void and shone brilliantly, equally as complimented as it was contradicted by the darkness. The designs on the doors were more intricate than before, and this entire place felt a bit more familiar, more comfortable. Like Jack was finally home. Finally, he had some privacy. Finally, he had some safety. No one could reach him inside his mind. He knelt down and closed his eyes, feeling free to exist for the first time in weeks. One thing was certain. He would be coming back here very often.